Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station, a place to sit back and relax while waiting for your train to board. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. The goal here at the depot is to help you strengthen your own practice of leadership, no matter where you serve. Every episode will give you not only the background theory, but some practical tools that you can use right away. Great Ridge Station is a service of Great Ridge Group, LLC. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Hey, Sam Helgerson with you on this episode of Great Ridge Station. Thanks for joining me. This is, uh, this is our first episode, so if, uh, if you've never heard me before, that is to be expected. I want to take an opportunity to tell you maybe a little bit about what to expect in, uh, in this season's work in Great Ridge Station. Some of the things that I want to talk about are related to the whole idea of servant leadership versus steward leadership, or stewardly leadership, as, uh, as I like to call it. And we'll be digging into some of those details uh, to, I guess, help us to, help us to understand what, uh, what does this actually look like. But I want to start out with a topic that I think is important, and uh, I hope that you'll agree that it's important. My question is... Is our leadership practice actually improving? Now, I teach in the leadership world. I've done leadership. Uh, the academic world is kind of career 2.0 for me. And uh, as a result of that, I come at this from the approach of, does this make a difference in, in business, in culture, in society? Are we actually doing anything for this? And I'm troubled by the fact that I can uh, read the papers and look at the material that I have been teaching in class and going, <laughs> uh, somebody's not applying what is common knowledge out there. Uh, I don't think the, the texts and the material that I have to offer is unique. I hope it's really good and I hope it's developmental for people. But I think there are other people having these similar conversations. And it ought to trouble us a little bit that our leadership practice as a culture, as a society, isn't really improving all that much. We'll wrestle with those ideas and more when we get back. Our world is changing. It's growing. Every day we're learning more, creating more, achieving more. At Bethel University, we're equipping students to be more. More than what the world expects of them more than what they expect of themselves. Here, education is a dynamic, transformative experience where you build on who you are and what you know, while immersed in a Christ-centered community that emboldens you to think critically, seek change earnestly, and humbly serve both God and neighbor. At Bethel, we're taking talented students and helping them become the influential leaders of tomorrow. We're working on solutions to some of the world's most pressing problems, and together, we're discovering what it means to be called to something more. So that's the question that we're left with. Is our leadership practice improving? Well, I think that depends on how we answer the question, what is leadership? How do we define it? You know, the answer that we settle on depends a lot on our perspective. Is leadership something we do? Or is it something that we are? 
Okay, bad grammar aside, I want you to think about that for a moment. Is leadership something we do? Or is leadership something we are? If it's something we do, then it gets turned into practice. The things we do on a regular basis, the things that get results, the things that, we've, that we have proven, we've demonstrated, this works. And we're getting results. Okay, maybe we're not getting perfect results, but we're getting results that fall into that category of pretty dang good. But what if it's not that? So what if leadership has less to do with what we do and more to do with who we are. That can be challenging because that puts our practice of leadership into question, doesn't it? See, here's my main problem with leadership as something we do. It assumes a closed state. As a leader, I do X and I get these predictable results. I apply this kind of motivation and people are motivated in this particular way. It becomes a simple equation. Input leads to output. Let me tell you for a second where that idea comes from. It comes from some of the most basic understandings of leadership uh, from the earliest days of when leadership developed. The, the first kind of mode of leadership was thinking of it in terms of great man theory. Now, great man theory carries with it all sorts of biases and so on and so forth, but I want to use the title for a very, that name for a very particular reason. In the cultural uh, milieu, oh, milieu, whatever that is, uh, probably something important too. I'll edit that part out. In the cultural setting of the day, typically leaders were men. And uh, because of that, uh, the greatest leaders were looked to as people who came up out of aristocracy, out of a life of privilege, and stepped into service. Uh, they were typically born to that. That's the model of people are born to be great leaders. At some point, it became obvious that uh, being born to leadership wasn't going to cut it. We had greater needs culturally uh, for leaders than what aristocratic classes of people could provide. And so people started looking for leaders in terms of traits. They would look for traits of aristocratic leadership in other people who were not, in fact, born into roles and lifestyles of leadership. But they would look for those traits because they believed that leadership was focused from those inborn traits. Well, that didn't work so well either, and so eventually they started looking at, at other factors and started looking at behaviors, thinking, okay, maybe this isn't something we're born with, that, it's a, that it is a trait, but maybe there are certain behaviors that develop into leadership opportunities. So we will look for people, instead of looking for people from aristocracy or people who have the traits of aristocratic leaders, we're going to start looking for behaviors that, sh that demonstrate leadership. The underlying assumption is that leadership is something we do and not something we are. It's something we're born to. It's something we uh, have particular traits uh, uh, related to that. Or it is something that we choose to behave in certain ways that lead to leadership. The problem is we've developed greater depth in our thinking about leadership and we understand that it is often relational. It's the relationship of the leader and the follower. It's the relational relationship between the leader, the follower, and the situation, the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So there are a whole lot of factors that go beyond that. And 
fundamental to some of those uh, newer theories and deeper understandings of leadership is this idea that it is not about acting in certain ways. It is about being a certain type of person worth following. It is something that we are, and what we do flows out of who we are. So the question, of course, is why is that important? Um, can't we just do what we need to do and have that be enough? No, not really, because uh, people have a really, really good, well-tuned BS meter, and they can tell when we're faking it. They know when this is the real deal and when it isn't. And learning to lead by just um, following a given set of practices and not being able to evaluate and think deeply about what's going on in those things and about how what we have to offer in those situations can be really problematic. So let's look at this for a minute. What does it mean to lead out of what we are rather than just simply out of what we do? You see, I think it's really important for us to, to have our character and our practice shaped. It's really all about shaping character, getting the guts of leadership into who we are. Character becomes a process of living out intentional virtues. And it's not a very trendy word these days, this idea of having virtues, but it's not, it becomes not about us. It's learning how to live with others and treat other people with, with respect, with dignity, with all of those things that we want for ourselves, but living them out toward others. That's what character really is. It's not easy. It's hard work building character. But it's also important work. It's core to being an effective and influential leader. So why is that? Well, it really comes down to matters of trust. People don't trust people who do not exhibit character. Uh, Dave Horsager, in his book, The Trust Edge, talks uh, pretty significantly about eight different pillars of trust. And he looks at those from the perspective of these are things that we need to be intentional about building into ourselves in order to be an effective leader, and in order to be a benefit to others through our leadership. That's really what it comes down to. But this isn't about uh, Dave Horsager's trust edge, so consider that an endorsement. I recommend that you read it. But we have some other things to talk about here and now. Another thing that's important for us to think about is what are our values? What are the things that drive us, that, uh, that, that really move us most deeply? And are those the kinds of things that are showing up in our leadership? Now, now, you might think there's no connection between those two things, but why are we leading if we don't care about what we're ultimately leading people toward? There has to be a value structure under that, or, hmm, leadership can become a mechanical process that doesn't take into consideration the needs of others, the needs of the organization, uh, the direction that we're going, even our own self-development and our own individual concerns can quickly become lost in a mechanical process that considers only the how do we effectively lead in this process when it becomes practice-based rather than character-based. I'll talk more about values, how they work and why they're important on a, an upcoming episode. But for now, I want you to think about this idea that if we're not grounded in some significant values, 
neither we nor the people around us will understand the why of what we're trying to accomplish. What does it matter if there's nothing of significance underlying one's leadership? I don't know. I think those are pretty serious issues for us to think about. And it means that leadership has to be more than just a practice. It needs to be based on character and who we are. Now, of course, I could talk about all these things for hours and hours and hours and hours, and I may over the next few uh, episodes. For now, though, this is an opportunity for you to get to know me and uh, for me to figure out uh, how to serve you best. So we won't, we won't dig into that whole question right now, but uh, of course, I do have a few more things to think about. And when I say think about, I mean talk about. So how is your own leadership doing? I mean, really, I want you to step back for just a second, and I want you to think about how is your own leadership doing? As a leader, are you effective? Are you making things happen? And if you are making things happen, what does it look like? I mean, really, are you making things happen, and are there casualties around you? Are there unintended consequences? Are there things happening that are just plain out of your control? And I want you to ask yourself this question because this is really important. Are you approaching leadership as a practice or are you approaching leadership as an issue of character? Because if you're living out leadership, you're going to be very aware of those additional outcomes, the things that happen as a result of your leadership, and you're going to be pursuing ways to improve that. The best thing you can do to make your leadership work is constantly be Examining yourself, examining your own leadership, looking at the fallout, looking at the wake behind you. You know, it's a really painful process. No one wants to think they leave a wake. We all leave a wake of some sort. The effective leader becomes aware of that wake and seeks to diminish its negative impact. So are you doing that? Really, are you doing that? I think it's a really critical piece for us as leaders to really wrap our minds around, wrap our hearts around, and wrap our intentionality around. It may not have occurred to you, but if you are a leader, people are following you because they want to, not because they have to. I mean, even if they're your employees, they don't have to be there. Even if you own the company, they don't have to be there. They are following you because they choose to follow you. The unfortunate thing about that is bad leadership causes people to leave. And if you are not careful of your leadership, you will wind up with an entire staff of dysfunctional people because the ones who are most confident in their abilities to go and find work elsewhere will and the ones less confident will stay and they will put up with bad leadership but it will not work out well for you that is one of the most challenging things about leadership if you have good people leaving ask why there's that problem so you're probably wondering who's the worst person that i ever worked for well that's easy the worst person i ever worked for was when i was self-employed that was awful and you know, that's how it should be. You should be really tough on yourself and really compassionate toward others. That's what needs to happen in most cases. Some of us need to have more compassion on ourselves, but in most cases, we need to be really much more tough on ourselves and much more compassionate to others and think about how that plays out in the work we do as leaders, regardless of your level within the organization. Think about your own leadership and why would anyone want to follow you? The truth is, our practice of leadership has increasing demands on it. And we need to take what we know and put it into practice. Because good leadership doesn't happen by accident. In fact, in a lot of cases, it doesn't happen at all. And you know, the only person who can have an impact on that 
is you. Being intentional, living out good leadership, that's the only way this happens. It happens by taking it out of being practice and being a developmental process where you need to grow. I need to grow. We all need to grow because if that growth doesn't happen, real leadership doesn't happen. We will continue this conversation in episode two of Great Ridge Station. One of the commitments I want to make is not to waste your time, and so I try to make every episode as tight and meaningful as I can. I hope that you find this beneficial. Every week at this slot, we will be having, having an opportunity for questions and answers and issues that come up from you. So please, stay in touch with us, and we'll return the favor. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. As the train boards and rolls on to its next destination, we hope you found your time here helpful. Consider what you've learned and what strategies and practices you can implement right now. If you have leadership questions that you'd like us to address, we'd love to hear from you, and you can find the questions link on our show page. We can't answer everything, but we'll watch for themes and big-picture questions and get to as many as we can. All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. Limited opportunities are available for supporting sponsorships. Contact information is available on our show page. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station.